Hello and welcome to Tour of Truth with Krista and Company. Today's company is Tina Grant. Hi, Hi Tina. And Sam Jakes. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Sam. I have had something on my heart for a while. The topic of taking the Lord's name in vain. It bothers him. You know, I see it all throughout his word. The Bible tells us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And every time that I hear a movie and somebody takes the Lord's name in vain or friends of mine I hear do it, I cringe. I can feel it, it inside. Yeah, it does. I almost want to put my fingers in my ears. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what does God's word say about this? How big of a deal is it? Within our culture, things have become so casual. In Exodus 27, it's the third commandment that's found in the Bible. And it says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Paul even explains in the New Testament in 1 Timothy 6.1 that God is still concerned that his name be treated as holy. And he lays a particular responsibility on his church to make sure that it's not taken in vain. This is not to say that it's the job of the church to enact speech codes, right? Right. (laughs) I mean, that's not our job. Some people are just going to blaspheme his name no matter what. But for those of us who bear the name of Christ, we're called to make sure that we don't provide any fuel to the world's blasphemous fire. That is who we are. We're supposed to be ambassadors of Christ. One of the things, Krista, that you mentioned earlier is just our culture and what's become acceptable because of things that we've talked about before, the slow fade. We don't even realize it, but all of a sudden we're saying it too. And I know in the past you mentioned that, you know, sometimes you've even shared that with people. And I was one of those many years ago where you were like, hey, you know, really not supposed to say that. And I was appreciative of it, you know, because sometimes you don't know it, right? And even if we should, we don't realize what we're even doing, that we're that we're just falling right in with the rest of society. There's a difference between what we say is right and the way we are convicted to act. For example, many Christians, I'm convinced, especially in our Southeast area, if you ask, is it okay to use the phrase, oh my God, in a context where you're not referencing the Lord, they would tell you no. However, in many situations, that phrase slides right by without a second thought. And that's the disconnect between Mm -hmm. what we say and how we act. Sometimes we need to double check our motivation for the words that we use to describe who God is. What does it mean to profane? It means to make something common, to use the Lord's name in any way that doesn't revere him. If we're just going to use his name in the middle of sentences, if we're just going to say, you know, OMG on our text, and everybody knows what that meant. Mm -hmm. And when we're just using his name casually because we're upset, or you're using it as a slang, Mm -hmm. all of these things give no reverence to God. It's not about him. Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Are we fearing the Lord at all when we just throw his name around after we know what his word has said about doing that, that it's such a big deal? Psalms 96.9 says, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Those weren't just poems. This is the word of God. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. This word is God. You know, this is, our vi- this is our very life. And he even tells us in other scriptures, these aren't just words on a page. This is your life. This is important. And these are the things that bring us into the healthy relationship with the Lord also. When we are revering his name, if he's told us not to do something and we continually do it and ignore the promptings or the convictions, for some, 
It might be that even listening to this podcast, that it's right now that the Lord is bringing conviction. We are held accountable for what we know. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 1 through 22, we can find out what the Lord has to say about taking his name in vain. The Bible tells us that the Lord does not change. We have a new covenant, but he is still who he always has been. And so this still bothers him. Nothing about that's different. So here's what he had to say. Son of man, speak to the elders of Israel. I chose Israel, but they rebelled against me and were not willing to listen to me. Then I resolved to pour out my wrath on them to accomplish my anger against them. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations. So I took them out of the land of Egypt, and I gave them my statutes. So this is where he's giving us the Ten Commandments. It says, But the house of Israel rebelled against me. They did not walk in my statutes. Then I resolved to pour out my wrath on them. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations. And I said to their children in the wilderness, Do not walk in the statutes of your father. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and observe them. But the children rebelled against me. So I resolved to pour out my wrath on them. But I withdrew my hand and acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations. Listen to that. How important is this to the Lord? Mm -hmm. And we're told in 1 Corinthians, in the New Testament, that the things that happened to Israel in the Old Testament, they were written as an example that we who are the redeemed in Christ shouldn't make the same mistakes. So Krista, you mentioned two words or phrases that that I think really get to the root of the issue, which is first the word reverence, and second, you quoted fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we talk about why it is such a heavy thing to take the Lord's name in vain. I mean, this this is in fact one of the Ten Commandments. There, there are only ten of them, and there are many, many things that Jesus said about the way we should conduct our lives, and he chose these ten to focus on as ten that would stick out amongst this entire book of Scripture. I have a comparison for us, for our own culture, when I look back to this past year, I spent almost six months in South Africa. In South Africa, you have a very dense population of diverse cultures. So Christianity is very prevalent, especially among the Afrikaans people. And I was located about 45 minutes inland from Cape Town at a university. It was called the University of Stellenbosch. That's also the town's name is Stellenbosch. The Afrikaans people became my immediate circle of friends while I was there and really became mentors to me. When I was in their church, I was noticing a few things that they did very differently from the churches that I've experienced here in the U.S. I grew up in a grace-based, non-denominational church in the U.S. I believe in the Holy Scripture. I believe in the gospel that Jesus is, in fact, the way to the Father. When I went overseas, that's the first thing I'll say to set the stage is that I had no doubt this was the same God that these Christians were worshiping. It was the same scripture that they were studying. And that was refreshing. I mean, Mm -hmm. to go that far, at least, and to see some consistency there. Mm -hmm. Um, We have so many factions, even in the U.S. While we may not be arguing over salvation issues, there are other issues in the Bible that we'll divide ourselves over. And it was nice to go overseas and at least see people who were rooted in the gospel. We return to the topic of fear and reverence. I think those are the two words that do get to the root of why taking the Lord's name in vain is such a serious offense. So one thing I noticed immediately was that they did not take the Lord's name in vain. In fact, I can't point to one time when I heard a member of this community do so. Mm. I would almost venture to say that they would more likely curse in front of children even before they would venture to take the Lord's name in vain. It was such a shocking difference because I am Southern boy. I grew up in bless your heart and (laughs) and all that. But along with that comes, oh my God. And I didn't actually go there with the habit of saying it. But I remember one time when a buddy of mine corrected me 
and it was it was heavy and I realized he didn't really have to explain why it was so serious to him because I already understood I had seen how they feared God how they revered God he had a different I'm going to use the word gravity for context one thing that really changed my life while I spent time in South Africa was spirituality was very obvious in their culture. I say culture because this is the way that people interact day to day. It was the fact that they acknowledged who God was. They were unafraid to claim him publicly in their conversations, in the way they acted, especially when they contrasted with their culture, which is different from ours, yet still sinful, of course. They would own it. And the reason that they were so black and white with their faith was because the forces of evil, the devil's work was very, very obvious in their country too. That's a whole different conversation for another time about the ways that spirituality was clear on both sides. And in some instances, very, very scary. Okay. I mean, very scary. We're talking about possessions and and witchcraft Mm -hmm. and things like this that we don't experience often day to day in the U.S. that they see daily. And so when they're talking about God, this is a very, very Mm -hmm. heavy issue. So we come back to my buddy correcting me when I took the Lord's name in vain casually. Again, he didn't have to explain it because I'm like, I know what God means to you. I know what you see and I know how important it is that you are adamant about respecting him. It is no joke. Some of the battles that are fought between good and evil on the streets right outside your church. And for you to casually address God, even if you're not taking the Lord's name in vain, they wouldn't even casually address him. It was a reverent moment when they would go into prayer, when they would go into worship. Mm. There was no routine. It was fearful. If we're going to use that word, I mean it in a healthy way. So I'm a big believer that God in his scripture doesn't give commands just for the arbitrary sake of rules. Okay. I I don't Mm -hmm. think that this is just, let's create a template and see how well they do. Right. There's, there's like a point to restrictions, exactly. Right. Just to mm-hmm. make your life hard. It's about actually Principles. preserving your mm-hmm. life. Right. Let's go to this third commandment. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Why does that matter so much to us personally? You know, we know that it matters because he is the God of the universe and we should not be dumbing that down in any way. But what does that do to us? I, I, I come home and I reflect on these things. So we're in a culture where this is normal, you know, it's taking the Lord's name in vain easily conveys the fact that what you just said to me is heavy. I used this word gravity earlier, okay? Mm -hmm. You can stop right there and say, this proves, if nothing else, this proves the fact that God's name has weight to it. Wow, that's really good. Right? So I don't even think that this is limited to believers. You can look at any channel of entertainment that we have with TV and music and et cetera. When when people who don't know the Lord exclaim his name to emphasize a point Mm. because there's no better way to let people know you're serious than to use the Lord's name in a statement. Because there's no higher power, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Right. It's it's heavy, right? Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing that I wanted to bring up when we talk about why does it even really matter that we take the Lord's name in vain? It's very, very obvious that his name has a unique importance. It's distinguished among any other name. It's distinguished among any other phrase. And that's what reverence means. It means honoring and recognizing the holiness and that it is distinguished, that it's separate. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we take that out of our vocabulary on a day-to-day basis, what are we doing to his name now? We're elevating it, Mm -hmm. right? There is a new respect for his name. When we use his name, the room gets silent, right? Right. We're no longer immune to these phrases. Now we have, we've isolated that term 
We've isolated his name for his purpose. So on one side, now the name of Jesus is reserved for Jesus. That's important. On the other side, we're no longer dumbing that down. It helps us to reserve his name for when we speak about him because now we know that this is a time where we are entering into a conversation that has eternal repercussions. We're no longer talking about how your day went. This is something separate and serious. So when we have conversations about how casual Christianity becomes in American culture, especially in the Southeast where we are, many people claim Christianity, whether it's true or not, for the fact that it's comfortable to be a Christian in many environments. Which is interesting in itself because Jesus said that straight is the way, narrow is the path, and another version calls it difficult is the path, Mm -hmm. and few that find it. So it's interesting that it would be comfortable. right? Right, but it is, is it not? It's more of the identification as a Christian that becomes comfortable rather than actually the faith itself. So what you said is true. It's what you said is quoting scripture that the path is narrow. It shouldn't be a walk in the park. That's absolutely true. So what this does is it helps draw the line. So when we when we pick up scripture, one thing that I use as a template for my life is how did the godliest men and women act that we have recorded in these books? So you've got multiple accounts of people who feared God, who revered the Lord. And you can see, again, we go back to that scripture that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see that wise people do in fact fear him. Mm-hmm. And when we say fear, sure, there's a fear of the fact that he is God and he can knock me out the snap of his fingers. I mean, he is God, I am not. But well, he said that your days are numbered. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm getting uncomfortable over here, but... But when I read it, the other side of that equation is that they trust him. They're willing to go out on a limb because they fear him. They know that he's got he's got him covered. That's right. actually a really great place That's a life changing. when you revere him in that way that you know, listen, this is God. He's all powerful. If he says if he is for you, then who can be against you? He says, has my arm shortened? You know, this is the God that's on your side when you're in a relationship with him. So when we talk about biblical characters, one that sticks out when we talk about fear of the Lord is Pharaoh in Egypt. When Moses was approaching Pharaoh and asked him to release the Israelites, the scripture says that Pharaoh did not fear the Lord. And so if you think about it, all of his actions following this event, continuing to refuse Moses's request, stems from the fact that he didn't fear the Lord. If he did, he would know better. When I hear you talk about these different stories and does really help you to go back to all of the people in the Bible and realize that that, you know, over and over again, and I think you spoke about this earlier, Krista, this should be guiding us and the importance of us being in the word and really understanding what they did right and what they did not do right so that we can apply that to our lives. Because I think we just go to look at these stories in the Bible and we do think that they're just stories. This was real. These are things that really happened. Jesus even said, I tell you on the day of judgment, we're all going to stand there. Mm -hmm. It says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Jesus Christ is Lord. But he said, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Matthew 12, 36 and 37. When we believe in Jesus as our savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to conform us into the image of Christ. If we submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we honor the name of God in our lives and in the world. And that's what this is about. Back to what you mentioned earlier earlier, that relationship with the Lord, that intimacy with 
him. When you have that, you will submit those things over. And it may take time, right? That it's just where you're able to submit more and more and more, but that's really what's going to drive it. If there's someone listening and this is a practice in your life and you don't feel any conviction, Mm -hmm. that's a dangerous place to be also. Because the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, if he's there, he's not going to like it Mm -hmm. when you say that. You should feel something. The Lord says those that belong to him, that are his true children, it says he chastises them. He corrects them. And he does it by his spirit because the spirit is going to lead us in all truth. So Krista, as we close, God reminded me of one piece of scripture that we missed, which was talking about what he said to Moses when Moses wasn't fearing him. Right before he went to go speak with Pharaoh, God was giving direction to Moses from that burning bush. And Moses repeatedly questioned God's direction to go speak to Pharaoh. And the first few times God answers him saying, you know, I'll provide a way. And at some point, God has Moses throw his staff and it becomes a snake, which obviously is a very terrifying miracle. He's showing his power to Moses to say, look, here's what I'm capable of doing. I, I, in fact, have your back in this mission. And Moses, one more time, does question. He doesn't think he's eloquent with his words. God responds to him saying, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. The point is not to scare him. The point is not, I can make you blind and deaf and mute. The point is, go, I will make this happen. I will empower you to complete the mission. He's saying, I've got big plans for you. And if you fear, if you don't think I'm enough, you're going to have a really hard time getting there. (laughs) That's what he's saying. That's exactly right. Well, I'm going to close this out in prayer. Father, thank you so much for this day and thank you for the opportunity to bring honor and glory to your name. I pray that your spirit would move right now and that anyone listening, that you'd just speak to their hearts, that you'd stir us up by your spirit. If there's something that we need to confess, if this has been a practice that we've had in our lives, I pray, Father, that you would motivate us by your spirit to be a repentant people and to truly repent with all of our hearts. I pray that you would teach us your ways, help us to walk in them, help us to be reverent, to fear your name. Your word tells us that you have great mercy. And so, Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that your mercies are new every day. Open our eyes so that we can understand spiritual truths. We give you honor and praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to hear this podcast again or listen to another one, you can find us at tourofftruth.com or on Facebook. We'll look forward to chatting with you again soon.